You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. And we are live. (laughs) We are live. I don't know if we're alive, Chris, because that was quite the experience. Talk about not playing in any sort of weight class similar to the Philadelphia Eagles. But Giants fans, let's, I guess, commiserate. Chris, how you doing, bro? <laughs> you know, I'm, uh, I'm doing okay. Uh, part of me kind of expected something like this. I, I, don't, I didn't see the Giants walking in there and getting bodied like they did. But man, this, this was, this was tough. And, you know, I, I kind of wish we had had the 430 game because then we'd be through it already. (laughs) We'd be through it. All the work would be done, but we would also just, I don't know, man, it was a, it was rough from the get go. It was kind of early, early on. We understood that the giants were not putting their best foot forward. And what did we say going into this game, Chris? And what have we said? Basically this entire season, the giants play mistake free efficient football early on on the defensive side the Giants couldn't stop the run which is consistent with the New York Giants throughout the entire season but they were surrendering these third and short plays Mm -hmm. and they couldn't stop the Eagles in those high leverage situations where you rely on Wink Martindale's defense to come up and make a play and then the offense couldn't move the football and Daniel Jones threw that interception against James Bradbury who was excellent playing quick game as New York Giant fans know full well and it was at that point where I was like, this could get rough real quick. And unfortunately, it did. Yeah, it, it did. The we, We've seen games this year where either Wink Martindale or Mike Kafka have had answers for whatever the opponent did. And the Giants were able to keep the game close and hang around and hang around and wait for the other team to make mistakes and then pull the game out in the fourth quarter. This game, the it was... It was the other team that had the answers. Yeah, I, I thought some of the Giants' decisions early in the game were going. What, some of the Giants' decisions early in the game were questionable. Like some of Wake Martindale's coverages, where it looked like he was playing kind of the same contain style defense early in the game. But like when the Eagles sprinted down the field and scored that early touchdown, and then. Yeah, the it, it took a while, I thought, before Mike Kafka really kind of opened up the playbook the way we had seen him do in previous games. But you know, we in our podcast before this game, we talked about the, the Giants' keys to victory, and they just did not listen to us at all. Yeah, you know, they <laughs> they didn't play mistake free football, they didn't play efficient football, and the Giants coaches did not call the game of their lives. So <laughs> No, they did not. And we just laid it right out there for him. And we also saw like whenever the Giants they gave up an explosive play to start the game to that to Devonta Smith. And it was like, oh geez, we can't have that happen. And it's not even like we saw a lot of that. It was much more of just, you know what, we're more physical than you are. And we know you can't stop the run. 
So we're just going to run the football down your throat in a variety of different ways. They did a little bit of GH counter, but a lot of it was based off the zone read. And they would just spread the Giants out. Like I think there were two consecutive plays. I think it was in the second quarter, maybe early in the first quarter, where the Eagles were driving the football down the field and they just lined up in mirrored stacks outside the numbers and just kept doing zone read. And the Giants didn't really know how to defend it. It didn't seem like because you want to go and respect those stacks. But the zone read game, you need to have bodies in the box to account for Jalen Hurts. And Jalen Hurts just kind of would fake the handoff and then just take it himself. And Giants really just couldn't slow down the rushing attack. And that's got to be the most demoralizing way to lose. Right, Chris, is when you can't stop the run. Yeah, absolutely. And the Giants got down by so much so early that they didn't put any pressure on the Eagles to throw the ball. And when you're not doing that, all of Wink's blitz schemes kind of go out the window like you can run blitz but yeah that's just not the same as scheming up these exotic pass rush blitzes like we saw the Giants blitz and get a little bit of pressure like they had that sack fumble but the Eagles were able to just lean into their running game so much so early and the giants just do not have a good run defense that's absolutely something they need to address in the coming off season they've, they've got a bunch of things they need to address in the coming off season they got a lot of questions about players on their roster right now that they need to address as well they do and i, I really hope they weren't counting on this game to provide any answers because those answers would not be um flattering <laughs> <laughs> no not at all and chris i kind of want to get your opinion on two fourth down calls one in the beginning of the game, and then one at the end of the game. Because Brian Dable opted to go forward on fourth and eight when the game was still well within reach, first quarter. Goes forward on fourth and eight, and the Giants do not convert. Now, this is something that Brian Dable has been applauded for in the past. So I think I'm okay with that call in that moment, right? It's consistent with the aspect of aggressiveness that we've seen Brian Dable apply, and it seems to rally the troops a lot. But you could have settled for maybe, I think it was a, would have been like a 58, 56-yard field goal attempt, or you could have punted the football. Regardless of the fact, they go for it, and it bites them in the ass. They don't pick it up like they have in other on other occasions. But then later in the game, Chris, when it's like, you're not going to have that many more possessions. And I'm trying to remember exactly what the play was. I think it was like a fourth and six around midfield. He punted the football. And that was very curious to me. It's not consistent with what Brian Dable has done. And I feel like at that point, you're almost conceding victory, even though it looked bleak. What was your thoughts on that? Yeah, I didn't mind the early, the first drive fourth down because that is just absolute no man's land. You know, as good as Graham Gano is uh, out there in the elements in January, you know, in, in Philly, which, you know, the Northeast weather a 58-yard field goal is a chancy proposition. The And if you miss that field goal, you're turning it over on downs there anyway. A punt, there's, I, I would say there's probably an even chance that the ball rolls into the end zone. So you're giving them the ball with like, what, maybe a 20-yard difference? So, yeah, that one, I... I I don't know that there was a good answer <laughs> there. I think the, the good answer was to get a hell of a lot closer on third down. <laughs> As for the fourth quarter, yeah, that that really did feel like, I, I suppose the positive spin is that 
the Giants defense had started to get a little bit of traction against the Eagles offense in, you know, on the drive preceding that, you know, maybe you're trusting your defense to, to make a play to get, get the ball back for you, that sort of thing. But yeah, that, that really did seem incongruous with the way he has called with a, called the game with aggression throughout the season. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Yeah, and on that first fourth down play, the Giants had a third and three after two consecutive runs, but Jones was sacked, I think, by Josh Sweat. And that was another thing about this game, which is, I guess, something Giant fans aren't surprised about, right? That pass rush is real. Giants offensive line has some holes. Evan Neal has struggled this entire season. And when you combine a healthy Josh Sweat with a healthy Hassan Reddick, and you throw veteran Brandon Graham in there with Javon Hargrave and Fletcher Cox against this Giants offensive line on the road, not a recipe for success, apparently. Yeah, that that is that is that's a tough matchup for any offensive line in the NFL. I don't care what team you are that defensive front is going to give you problems. And the Giants have holes. They have places they need to address. Yeah, they need another starting cornerback. They need a number one receiver. They need a linebacker or two. I think they need to address right guard. I think they could they could really use another edge defender, another pass rusher, another starting caliber pass rusher, because I'm not sure how much you can trust Aziz Ojolari's health. And I think they also need, desperately need, Evan Neal to step up and make the kind of jump going into his second year that Andrew Thomas made. That's what we're all hoping for. I mean, that would be amazing, right? And Sasha Graves in our comments, she's been referencing the play to start the fourth quarter on the drive where the Giants, I think it was the drive where the Giants punted or it was the drive where they turned it over on downs where Daniel Jones ran out of bounds, which was definitely a mistake the entire time. I'm like, throw it away throw it away once he's out of the pocket and he runs out of bounds and ends up losing like five yards on that drive. And it's like, Oh man, like little plays like that are wildly frustrating. And Jones had his worst game of the season more than likely. It seemed like he was missing on simple throws. It was a drive where he missed on Darius Slayton deep. And then he missed on Richie James on the third down. And I get it. The ball was like somewhat in Darius Slayton's hands, but that should have been a touchdown. Darius Slayton won his route off the line of against Bradbury stacked on top of him. Jones underthrew it. 
those types of situations for a starting quarterback, that's going to frustrate you. And it was unfortunate that Daniel Jones ended up having his probably worst game of the season, even though this isn't all on Jones. This was a collective. The Philadelphia Eagles are better than you, and they beat you down. Yeah, this was, th- this game was kind of a collective faceplant by the entire Giants team. Uh, I don't know of anyone who had a really good game. Yeah, even Saquon Barkley with that big run he had, a lot of that was kind of because TJ Edwards just guessed the wrong gap coming down and yeah. there was nobody there to to defend. I believe it was the left A gap that Barkley went through. But yeah, the, 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 this is about as frustrating an end to an unexpectedly brilliant season as you could have. Yeah, I think that's the point too, because it's... It's easy to to look at this and get really frustrated with the coaching, right? But we have to also take into account that nobody expected the New York Giants were going to be in this position right now. Not only in the playoffs, but one win away from playing in the conference championship game. And that's where the Giants coaching staff, along with the players who have developed, position this team. And there's merit to that, right? Like that That's a great situation that every Giant fan would have signed up for in the preseason. There wasn't, like, you look at these two rosters between the Philadelphia Eagles and the New York Giants, not even close, Chris. Not even close. So I, I look at it and I'm like, hey, this, this was a good year. It, it sucks the way it lost. It's embarrassing the way it lost on national television, no doubt. But I still want to remain very optimistic as I feel like every Giant fan should, about the future. Yes, absolutely. I think one of the things this season has done is it it has revealed the Giants have the coaching staff. Hopefully they'll be able to keep keep the band together for at least another year. The Giants front office has done an amazing job this year. Yeah. Assembling talent, yes. The roster has holes. They have multiple positions where they need to find a a starter but the way they have navigated a salary cap where they had absolutely no room and the way they were able to find hidden gems like nobody was talking about daniel bellinger or certainly nobody was talking about isaiah hodgins and yet these they find these guys and they're making plays they are helping the giants get to this position and yeah to me that was wildly impressive yeah the way this the way this game went the way the season ended it is frustrating uh and the giants just over the course of this season their path to victory has been so so narrow that yeah they they can't, they won a lot of games that where they probably shouldn't have. And even as disappointing as this game was, I still feel good about the season overall. I do as well. And I feel like right now, maybe people don't want to discuss that because this is a, this, this loss cuts deep. Like the Philadelphia Eagles have the giants number and no giant fan wants to admit that, but the giants haven't won there since 2013 at the link. And we all know the, long recent history and historical history of devastating losses against this team. So this one cuts and there's just salt being poured into this wound right now. And it's unfortunate and I freaking hate it. There's no doubt, but I don't want to, um, but I don't want to like sell this coaching staff short either. So like it, it's unfortunate the giants fell on their face. 
the Giants got outclassed. The Philadelphia Eagles are a much better roster than the New York Giants are. And that's kind of just the, the nature of the beast at the moment. Hopefully, the Giants can find some more draft gems, continue to replenish this roster in the manner that Joe Shane and Brian Dable want to build it, and then they can go into 2023 with a better, more equipped roster that this coaching staff will maximize, as the coaching staff did this season, maximizing Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley and all these other players on the roster. Yes, I, I think the way the the way the front office, the way this brain trust builds this roster over the course of the offseason, yeah, you know, free agency, the draft, that I think is going to be very, very interesting to follow along with because this is a new front office. Yeah, you know, they they had just gotten in place last year. You've got Joe Shane, who is young. He had he comes from a completely different lineage than what Giants fans are used to the Giants brought in an executive from the Eagles and the experience building a team through all the different avenues, the way they do by exploiting the trade market, uh, bringing in veterans who still have something left and exploiting their skill sets in a way that other teams might not consider doing and then you have a coaching staff who is willing to coach to the strengths of the players and away from their weaknesses. Yeah, you know, all of that together, that that does give me hope. Even if, you know, the Giants may have been embarrassed by a division rival in the playoffs. And even if they were a couple plays away from missing the playoffs entirely, I believe I do believe they have established a core of leadership in the front office, in the coaching staff, and then they do have a core of players on the roster that they can build around. They do, yeah. And as we've said, it's easy to kind of evoke some sort of like ignominious type of like mob against everything that just happened, right? Like, oh man, Daniel Jones sucks. We shouldn't resign him. Saquon Barkley sucks. We shouldn't resign him. Brian Dable, Mike Kafka, they're not great coaches. I find that to be very off right now. And I just think, you know, you see stuff like that on Twitter, but I think fans are just really, um, the emotions are raw at the moment. And I understand that because like, like we said earlier, it was really embarrassing. And I'm like, even like going through plays, but it felt like I'm looking at my notes. The game was over at like halftime. Right. And it was almost just like the Eagles were on cruise control. Like Miles Sanders was taken out of the game. I felt like in the fourth, like they just put Kenny Gainwell and, and Boston Scott in there. And of course, Boston Scott ended up scoring a touchdown, Chris, because why not? Yes, of course. The guy named Boston playing in Philly scores on New York. I mean, I, I'm Same honestly the guy named Dallas too, didn't bro. put that together before tonight. <laughs> Same with the guy named Dallas. Think about that. Yeah. Isn't that just weird? Uh, yeah. Speaking of, speaking of weird stuff, Chris, this was a weird game, not in the sense that the Giants just got their asses handed to them because <laughs> that actually happened. But like you had like the broken chains. Like, that was yes. a weird experience. Daniel Jones loses a contact lens that puts Tyrod Taylor on the field, prompted the timeout. Yeah. You had, I think, two separate hot mics with the <laughs> Philadelphia Eagles cussing, saying the dropping F bombs, or maybe one of them was K bomb, but either way, like it just felt weird. Yeah, it, it was, but. Isn't that just what we say about when the Giants go to play in Philly? Bad and weird things happen. Yeah, the, the thing with the chain is I honestly want to know how a chain just breaks on the sideline. I mean, who, who was kicking a chain hard enough to break it? Unless the, the links are plastic and fragile or something like that. But that it, it did kind of remind me of the Black Cat game a little bit. <laughs> the Black Cat game, yeah. And Larry... 
Edelstein says in the comments, pipes breaking at the effing hotel. Yeah, that's definitely something too, right? Like, how does that happen? That's definitely mysterious, right? Like, I'm sure yeah. there was no- nothing nothing um, off about that, right? <laughs> uh, I, I'm not going to speculate on that. It, it, <laughs> this just does seem like the kind of day where just anything that can go wrong will go wrong. Yeah, Murphy's Law. But Chris, do you have anything else on this um absolute and utter beat down 38 to seven loss by our beloved New York football giants at the hands of our hated Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I think for once I'm really not looking forward to getting back to the tape. Uh, but Hey, it, it's draft season. <laughs> it is draft season. And I got, I got a lot of catching up to do because I'm used to doing a lot of draft research in like December because the giants are already out of it. And I haven't done as much as I probably should because the giants have been successful, but either way, Hey, look, this was a really fun season. The future is bright. That's the optimistic way to look at it. The pessimistic way to look at it is the giants were just embarrassed on national television, but Hey, I trust in Joe Shane, Brian Dable. We'll see exactly how this all materializes and what happens. But hey, everyone, thank you for tuning in to the Chris and Nick show here on Big Blue View Radio. I wish we had uh, something a little bit better to talk about, but unfortunately, the Giants were outclassed here. But hey, head on over to the website. We'll still be breaking down the game. We'll still be going into draft profiles and offseason strategy and what the New York Giants will be doing this offseason because they have a ton of decisions to make, Chris. So it uh, it's going to be a very interesting time. But thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Please uh, enjoy yourselves and uh, have a good one. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.